Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and today I'm going to talk to you about getting into God's assigned place for your life. You say, wait a minute, are you saying God really has a place designed just for me? Absolutely, just for you. And when you find that place and get in it, wow, it's like you leave a black and white world and you enter into a full spectrum world, life really comes alive when you finally get into your God-assigned place. But I want to encourage you, sometimes it takes a while to find it. Sometimes it takes a while to get into it. And when you study the Old and the New Testament, we have two real clear examples of men who knew the will of God but they had a hard time moving into it. One was Abraham. He knew what God told him, but it was a process for him to finally come into alignment with the place where God wanted him to be. The second was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul knew he was the apostle called to the Gentiles. But he loved the Jews because he was a Jew. And he kept trying to go to the Jew and going to the Jew and going to the Jew. But his primary anointing was to the Gentiles. And it took Paul a number of years for him finally to get into alignment with those words that Jesus first gave to him when Jesus said, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. That was just so hard for him to embrace. But when he finally embraced it, he became the mighty apostle to the Gentiles. Maybe it's been difficult for you to get into alignment with what Jesus has asked you to do with your life. You may be struggling with it, or maybe you've been going through a process trying to get into alignment with God's assigned place for your life. But my friend, I want to tell you, when you finally get into it, you will be so glad the struggle is over. Rather than fight it and resist it, throw open your arms and say, Jesus, if this is your plan for my life, I'm going to embrace it. And Lord, I ask for your power to infuse me and I be the very best that I can be in this place that you've given me, that you have assigned for my life. And if you'll say yes and get in that place, the anointing will flow, power will flow, provision will come. Again, you will leave a black and white world and you will enter into a full color world. It's like life will come alive for you when you finally get into God's assigned place for your life. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I really have been waiting for you. I could hardly wait to get into this chair so that I could speak to you today and teach you from the New Testament. And today, we're going to be talking about accepting God's assigned place for your life. God has a place just for you. And when you finally get into alignment with what God has designed for your life, that's when everything in your life will begin to make sense. Maybe you say, well, I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to discover it. Well, in these programs, we're going to help you. So please stay tuned. Stay with us all week because we're going to look at how you can get into God's assigned place for your life. And I'm offering you my series by the same title, Accepting God's Assigned Place for Your Life. It's five parts. 
It comes in multiple formats. The back of the series says, we'll show you how to identify where God wants you to be, how to get into alignment with his plan for your life, how to overcome the fear of transition, how to adapt and thrive in God's new place for you. But you know, sometimes before you can get into the right place, you have to get out of the wrong place. Sometimes it is a process. I'm going to show you that today in the teaching. Anyway, you should order this. And it comes with a tremendous study guide. The study guide is just loaded with all the insights and the Greek words and the points and the principles. You know, I really love the study guides. I put a lot of work into these study guides. Go to our website. Look at study guides, and you'll be amazed at what we have there for you. This will be great for you personally or to share with a friend or for a Bible study group. And for anyone who becomes a partner, we always offer you a package of books as our way of saying, welcome to the partner family. You know, it's so important that we do our part to take the Word of God to people that are spiritually famished. There really are people out there that are starving. They're crying out, God, please bring someone to me that can teach me the Bible. God, I'm looking for someone that can help me find answers. And that's what this program is about. It's the verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. And that's our job. When I say our, I mean me and you together. When we become partners, we can take this living word to people that are literally crying out for it and write from your home without ever leaving the privacy of your home. By going online, by becoming a partner, calling us, you can become an enabler to take this teaching to people that are crying out for somebody to bring them answers from the Bible. And I invite you to become a partner with our ministry if you're not already. And please remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. We really love to pray for people. We love to pray for people. And if you'll call us, our team will take your prayer requests so seriously. Or if your email shows up in our inbox, we will go to our knees. We will go in faith before the throne of God and we'll begin to pray for your needs. But today, I'm going to talk to you about embracing and accepting God's assigned place for your life. Now, I'm going to be today speaking from my Bible, as I always do, so I want you to reach for your Bible. And today we're going to begin in Acts chapter 9, and particularly today, we're going to look at getting into alignment with God's will for your life. And we're going to use the example of the Apostle Paul. Sometimes it's a process to get into alignment with God's will. Some people know the will of God, but they're not in it. You see, knowing the will of God and transitioning to get in it, these are two totally different things. You may know the will of God for your life, but you don't know how to get unstuck from where you are so you can get into the right place. Well, getting unstuck and moving into the right place is not always instantaneous. And if that's been a struggle for you, well, be encouraged. You're going to find out today it was also a struggle for the Apostle Paul of all people. So, Let's go to Acts chapter 9, verse 15. And when we come to Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul has come to Christ. And when he came to Christ, a prophetic word was given over his life that must have just shocked him. Listen to what it was. The prophetic word said in Acts 9, 15, For he, speaking about Paul, is a chosen vessel unto me. He probably loved that. But then, listen to what followed. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the who? Gentiles, then secondly before kings, and thirdly before the children of Israel. And in this prophetic statement, 
Paul received the prophetic order for his life. He had a threefold call. His number one call was to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Gentiles. Well, remember, Paul was a Jew. And he wasn't just a Jew. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was Jewish to his bones. And being raised a Hebrew of the Hebrew, he wouldn't have liked Gentiles at all. And when he heard this prophetic word, that number one, foremost, above everything else, your call is to be the apostle to the Gentiles, that must have been very hard for him to stomach. Secondly, the prophetic word says you're to bear my name before kings. And third, last of all, to the children of Israel. But number one on the list was he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Wow, that was a world away from where he was. And yet that was God's plan for his life. And we know that he really understood that because when he stood before King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, listen to what he said beginning in verse 13. He's giving his testimony to King Agrippa. He says, At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me with them which journeyed with me. Verse 14. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Stop. Look at that. God spoke to him in the Hebrew tongue. You know why? Because he was a Hebrew. What language does God speak to you in? Well, you speak English, so God speaks to you in English. I live in the capital of Russia, Moscow. Guess what? In Russia, when God speaks to people, he speaks to them in Russian. God speaks to everyone in his own tongue. Isn't it amazing that God is so personal with us? He speaks to us in the way that he needs to speak to us so that we understand. Paul was a Hebrew. That was his best language, his native tongue. And now the Bible says, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, God's getting real personal with him. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? Verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. This was the very moment when Paul was converted. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, verse 13, Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And now Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul, calls upon the name of the Lord. In this moment, the Holy Spirit enters into him. And he's born again. And the verse tells us in verse 16, Jesus said, But rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. I love this, that right from his moment of new birth, God let him know his plan for his life. And do you know from the moment you got born again, God's plan for you was put into your spirit. Now your mind may not have perceived it yet, but it's in you. God's will is not floating out somewhere in the universe. It's in you. When the Holy Spirit came into you, the will of God came into you. And the moment Saul got saved, the will of God was imparted to him. It became very clear. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 16. I've appeared unto thee for this purpose. Number one, to make you a minister. So he immediately understood he was going into the ministry. Number two, a witness. He's going to be a supernatural witness. Jesus says, boast of those things which thou hast seen right now, and of those things in the which I will be appearing unto thee, I will be appearing unto thee means Paul's going to have a ministry filled with supernatural revelation. Jesus is going to be appearing unto him and appearing unto him to teach him the truths of the New Testament. But then when you get to verse 17, listen to these words. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. 
the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Send thee in Greek is a translation of the word apostello, which is where we get the word for an apostle or apostolic ministry. Or Jesus says, not only am I going to make you a minister, I'm going to make you an apostle and I'm going to send you to somebody. And guess who? Your audience, your ministry will be to the Gentiles. Gentiles. Oh, that must have been so hard for him to hear because he was a Jew. He didn't even like Gentiles. But God said, I'm going to define your ministry and your destiny. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Then he says in verse 18, to open their eyes, whose eyes? Gentile eyes. To turn them from darkness to light, who? Gentiles. To turn Gentiles from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, who? Gentiles. From the power of Satan unto God, that they, that is Gentiles, may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul absolutely knew he was called to the Gentiles. This was his primary focus, his primary ministry. And we know that he knew that because in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, he wrote, For I speak to you, Gentiles, insomuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my office. He was embracing his apostleship to Gentiles. Or how about Galatians 2, verse 8, where Paul writes, For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship to the circumcision, that's the Jew, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. He's talking about his apostleship to Gentiles. Or how about Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1, where he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Gentiles. Paul knew he was called to Gentile ministry. But when you look at the early years of his ministry, after he launched out from Antioch in Acts chapter 13, you find that in the first five years of his ministry, he really didn't want to go to the Gentiles. He wanted to go to the Jew. He was more comfortable with the Jew. He was a Jew. He understood the Jews. He knew how they thought. He knew their language. He knew their culture. He was comfortable with Jews, and he was drawn like a magnet to the synagogues in those early years, even though that was not his primary ministry. For example, we know in Acts chapter 13, verse 5, when he went to Salamis, he immediately made a dash to the synagogue. Or in Acts 13, verse 14, when he came to Antioch in Pisidia, he made a dash for the synagogue. Or in Acts 14, verse 1, when he came to Iconium, he went straight to the Jews. Or in Acts 17, verse 1, when he came into Thessalonica, he went straight to the Jews. In Acts 17, verse 10, when he came to Berea, he made a dash for the synagogue. And finally, when you come to Acts chapter 17, verse 17, even when he was in Athens, he tried to find the Jews. Why? Because he was a Jew. He understood them. He was comfortable with them. And Paul was not comfortable with Gentiles. And in those first five years, when Paul was trying and trying and trying to reach the Jew, the Jew, the Jew, the Jew, the Jew first, you find those first five years of his ministry were filled with failure, frustration. In fact, if you'd been a partner of his ministry, you probably wouldn't have wanted to support his ministry in those first years because they were filled with so many failures as he was trying to make the Jews his first priority. He had reversed God's call on his life. His first call was to the Gentile. And in fact, Paul did not get into alignment with his call 
until Acts chapter 18, verse 1, and this is so glorious. It took him about five years to make that transition. If it takes you a while to come into alignment with God's will, don't get discouraged. You'll get there. But when you come to Acts chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, After all these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. Corinth. Oh, there was not a more Gentile city on the face of the earth. Corinth had a horrible reputation. We know it was so rowdy, it was so riotous, and so full of rebellion that in the year 146 B.C., Rome destroyed it. They destroyed it, they wiped it out because it was such a rebellious city. But then, in the year 44 B.C., Julius Caesar said, we need to reconstruct that city. And because Julius Caesar believed, he really believed, that he and his family were direct descendants of the goddess Aphrodite, that was the Greek name, in Latin it was called Venus. He really believed they were direct descendants of Aphrodite. He decided that when he reconstructed the ancient city of Corinth, he would dedicate it to the goddess Aphrodite, who also is known as Venus. Well, the goddess Aphrodite is the goddess of sex. This was the god of street walkers and prostitutes. This was the goddess of sex. Well, when Julius Caesar decided to recreate or rebuild the city of Corinth, he had to entice people to come to live there because it was just ruins. So he offered special privileges and bonuses to anyone who would come, and a lot of legionnaires and soldiers and sailors accepted the offer, and they moved to the town. Well, of course, legionnaires, sailors, soldiers, these were pretty rough people, and when they came, all these rough men began to rebuild the city of Corinth. Not only that, Corinth was located between two ports, one on the east, one on the west, so people could arrive to Corinth from the east, from the west, and because the city of Corinth was dedicated to the goddess Aphrodite, it became like a huge sex brothel. The sex industry in Corinth literally thrived. This was the gutter of the ancient world, and in fact, Corinthian citizens were so low level that if you were a drunk in another part of the world, Rather than calling you a drunk, do you know what they called you? They called you a Corinthian. So Corinth was a pretty miserable place. That is amazing. And the Bible tells us, mm, listen to this, that when Paul came there, he met Aquila and Priscilla. Listen to this verse. It says, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and he came unto them. When the Bible says he found a certain Jew, the word found is the Greek word kurisko. The word kurisko describes a discovery. It's actually where we get the word eureka. Now, when Paul came into Corinth, there's no doubt he must have felt a little trepidation. First of all, he was by himself, and he was coming into the gutter of ancient society, the city of Corinth. When he came into that city, he didn't know what he would find. He was by himself. He was completely uncomfortable. But lo and behold, as he walked into the city, he bumped into somebody that he had never met in his life, a couple named Aquila and Priscilla, and they had just come from the city of Rome, and the Bible tells us why. Because Claudius, who was the emperor at that time, had evicted all the Jews from the city of Rome. The local Jews in Rome were making quite a ruckus because of somebody they called Christos. Of course, we know that's Jesus. They were preaching Christ. And the Jews in Rome had made such a ruckus 
that he said, I've had it with all these Jews. I'm expelling them from the city of Rome. And this really happened. This was an edict that took place. And at that time, there was a couple in the city of Rome by the name of Aquila and Priscilla, and they were evicted from the city of Rome. They must have gone to one of the eastern ports of Italy, got on a ship, sailed eastward, landed at the western port of Greece, walked on the road all the way into the city of Corinth, probably feeling like they were failures. They had lost their home. They had lost their ministry. They had lost everything when they were evicted from Rome. But when they were walking into the city of Rome, they happened to bump into the Apostle Paul. The three of them met, and that's why the word found is used here, which is where we get the word eureka. It was a eureka moment. And what seemed to be a very hard moment, both for Paul and for Aquila and Priscilla, was turned around, and God joined together a marvelous ministry team which would totally change the city of Corinth. And when they came into Corinth, the Apostle Paul began to redirect his ministry to the Gentiles. Yes, he still reached the Jew, but in addition to the Jew, we're going to see in Acts chapter 18 that Paul really began to focus on the Gentiles. This was hard for him, but he didn't have to do it alone because God brought him a ministry team that would work with him. And the three of them together began to preach to the Jew and to the Gentile. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that while he was in Corinth, in the initial stages of his ministry, reaching the Gentile, God did mighty signs and wonders and mighty deeds. The power of God showed up when he got into the right place when he finally got into alignment with God's will for his life to be the apostle to the Gentiles. That's what will happen for you when you finally get unstuck from where you are and transition into the place where God wants you to be. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. How do you get from where you are to where God wants you to be? Sometimes before you can get into the right place, you have to get unstuck from where you are. When you finally move into the place God has for you, you'll find supernatural blessings waiting for you. In the five-part series, Accepting Your God-Assigned Place, you'll learn how to identify where God wants you to be, how to get into alignment with God's plan for your life, how to overcome the fear of transition, how to adapt and thrive in God's new place for your life. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. This series will help you make the overdue decisions that you wanted to make for a long time. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, The Point of No Return. In this powerful book, Rick vividly describes how to take steps of faith into your God-designed future. It's time for you to stop looking across the river of change and start believing the waters will part as you step forward in faith. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help propel you into the plan God has for you. Order your copy of The Point of No Return for only $15. Don't miss this special offer, accepting your God-assigned place and The Point of No Return. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. I want to take just a moment to tell you about what God is doing in our ministry. We are bursting at the seams with response from people and it's coming from all over the world, from the English speaking world, from the Russian speaking world. People are reaching out to us for prayer, for support, 
and for resources, and we need more space. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. Really, it's about having space so we can adequately minister to the needs of the people that are reaching out to us. And in Tulsa, we have to have a new ministry home. We've totally outgrown our current facility, and God has led us to another building. And guess what? It is fully furnished. All we have to do is purchase it and move in, and we can immediately begin to operate Wow, that is just like something the Lord would do. At the same time in Moscow, we're constructing a new studio because this studio is too small. We are producing five to seven daily television programs and we have maximized this space. And now we need to construct this new TV studio, which is already under construction. And in that studio, we're going to produce programming that's going to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus and to the Word of God. And our assignment is to bring teaching that people can trust to them all over the planet, particularly to English speakers and to Russian speakers. But if you put together all the space we need to expand, we need about 50,000 square feet. And that's what it comes to, the building in Tulsa, the studio which we're constructing in Moscow, and we can do all of it for $120 a square foot. That is a remarkable price when you consider it includes the architectural plans, the property, the building, the furnishings, the TV equipments, the light, everything that is needed for us to do this ministry. And I'm asking you today to please pray about joining us to help us do this. Would you be a part of the giving team that gives sacrificially to help us really knock this out of the ballpark, to win the victory, to purchase the building in Tulsa, to finish constructing the studio in Moscow? You know, if we have to do it by ourselves, it's gonna be tough, but if many people will join hands with us together, we can do this, we can do it quickly, and Jesus will give us the victory. Many years ago, when Denise and I first began our ministry, the Lord gave us Romans chapter 10, verse verse 18, and it says, Yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. It is amazing that we're watching this ministry really reach people at the very ends of the earth. And when you partner with us, you help us do this job, and together we can purchase this building in Tulsa, construct the studio in Moscow, and produce programming, and bring teaching of the Bible that people can trust to people all over the planet. And my friend, please join us. Ask the Holy Spirit what He would have you to do and what He would have you to do regularly until we finally achieve this victory. And I want to say thank you in advance. I am just thrilled when I think about how God transitions us into the place where we each need to be. And when you finally get into that right place, it's like life becomes full spectrum. It becomes living color. You leave a black and white world and finally you're in the place where God wants you to be. And that's what God wants for you. He has a specific place for you. That's why I want you to order my series, which is called Accepting Your God-Assigned Place. This series will help you get unstuck and transition into the place where God wants you to be. It comes with a tremendous study guide. The two of these together are just powerful. And right now, we're also offering you my book called The Point of No Return, Tackling Your Next New Assignment with Courage and Common Sense. You can do it. You can do what God has called you to do. You need to have courage, I guarantee you. 
and you need to have common sense. This book will help you know how to have both so that you can pass the point of new return and tackle your next new assignment. And I want to remind you that for those who become partners, we always send a package of books. If you're not a partner, please pray about becoming a partner with our ministry. Thank you so much that you have a precise plan for our life. We do not have to take a shot in the dark and hope that we hit it. You can reveal that plan to us. And Lord, give us the grace that when you do reveal it, we accept it. We accept your place for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.